0: Welcome to the latest Mayfair podcast. It's a uh, wonderful day here in Ottawa. It was my second day in real Converse and my first day without a coat.
1: Whoa! Really? Yeah. You went that far.
0: I, well, I got my hoodie and my like suit jacket. Right. But I left the house and I asked Gwen and I was like, I'm <laughs> like a four year old. Do I
1: need a real jacket? Yeah. Can now? I can I
0: can I not wear a coat? And besides, for treacherous rain, not rain puddles, puddles.
1: Puddles and like leakage. I almost. <laughs> I was
0: walking down a long street, and it was just vehicles making tidal waves, just all the way, and me seeing my life flash before my eyes. But we can't talk
2: about non-Mayfair things, because we have roughly (laughs) 75 films to talk talk about
1: about.
2: in this podcast. Our programmer went to Disneyland, so he gave us two weeks' worth of programming. So he programmed the year. He's gone. (laughs) Uh, And then,
0: plus, just by coincidental, it's, it's March break, so we have extra... Kids matinees, and then we have a couple of, of one night only movies, which we haven't done for a little while.
1: Yeah.
0: So let's. Uh, we should have have? Well, Friday the Thirteenth. That's
1: Friday the Thirteenth on Friday the Thirteenth. I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, and I pointed out on Facebook just to the, the masses that this isn't something that happens every day. And then somebody said it happens every Friday the Thirteenth, and I was like, Yeah, but I mean, does it doesn't happen that you the, can the
1: 35th <laughs> anniversary, like yeah, that you could you come know, and
0: see it. And this is we don't
1: program it every Friday. Is it, the, is 13th. it the
0: third? Is it the thirty-fifth? Yeah, yeah. nineteen eighty, and um, yeah, and just because of film prints, not too long ago were pretty beat up and disastrous because I think they were played frequently.
1: Yeah.
0: So now that we have the the digital restoration version that we get to play this and um,
1: everybody can come see it without complaints except y- for that one guy. That one guy, <laughs> <It's> furious.
0: <laughs> but it's good, and and, it's, and we we've had a good. Turned lately, I always say like, you know, we would like 325 people to every single show. It would be great. But there's been proof of, of a handful of retro movies of late, either programmed by us or others, that people have shown up for Star Trek Two and people have shown up for Saturday morning cartoons. So I think we're, we're giving this a shot and trying a couple of more. And some people online have been very ambitious of like, you guys should charge $30 a ticket, or you guys should do this. And I just said, well, simply the best thing to do is come, drag a couple of your friends, buy some popcorn. Buy
1: some snacks, yeah. And
0: then maybe the next Friday the 13th we'll play part two. You know, like, it's it's that simple. Like, like the reason why we're bringing back Citizen Four and Mr. Turner, besides for Oscar publicity, is because they did well. And, they did do well. And a lot of folks have said, bring it back. So, But Friday the 13th is like, a cornerstone horror film, and I think old enough now that probably a lot of people, well, I know a lot of people have never seen it on the big screen,
1: Yeah.
0: and just having watched Babadook since, I think, the last podcast,
1: Yeah.
0: it's so much fun to watch a horror movie with, with
1: a bunch of people uh-huh. in the room, yeah.
0: And especially at, like, Babadook, there was people, like, audible screams, like, cartoony, like, E-E-E-P exclamation point <laughs> screams during a couple of parts in the movie. Uh, so
1: Everybody stuck around after the movie yeah. to talk about it.
0: Yeah, they wouldn't go well, home. Pretty
1: much all three nights. <laughs> we had Which it. is cool. It's nice to see that, because it doesn't happen all that often, I don't think. Yeah. But like it was still, like, the last show of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, to, to stay through the credits just because they're soaking it in.
1: Yeah, and coming up with theories about what the metaphor might be. Yeah. I don't know. It was pretty
2: cool. In Friday 13th, there'll be more, no metaphors.
1: No metaphors. <laughs> it's
0: teenagers being killed. Death.
2: No symbolism or uh, any kind of no talk about uh, what, the, what it all means. It's funny. When I, I was
0: looking for posters online, just for publicity stuff, a lot of the fan made posters even have the hockey mask on it. But as as horror movie nerds know, the hockey mask doesn't show up in the first one, so it's this the weird third one. Third, yeah. So it's this weird like false publicity of. Like, but I guess the world people have never seen a horror film associate that hockey mask with Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's funny that even in the the publicity for it, they're like, "Hey, it's the one with the guy with the hockey mask." Mm-hmm. But um, and he's barely in the first one. It's his mom. Yeah, It's true. And and but yeah, so it's 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 fun. It's. Midnight movies are often past my bedtime, but I think I'm going to brave up and come see it, just
2: because I think it'll be fun to see Friday 13th on its intended day. I think the last time we showed it, I saw it here, we, we showed a 35mm print, mm-hmm. and it was the day that uh, the remake opened. Oh, uh-huh. interesting. And, and Lee, our programmer,
1: was all like, oh, I hope
2: people come out to this and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not funny. go to the well, remake. I
1: was working at the Rita Center, and we opened it.
0: Yeah. The remake was so remake. weird because it it, if they would have just slapped part 11 on it, it could have just been
2: another Friday the 13th <laughs> is, it, movie. is it one of those, yeah, it's one of those remakes that's also kind of a sequel that wants it's to be both. The
1: same story. Yeah,
0: because no. it has like some flashbacks and stuff, but if you're not paying attention, you could be just like, oh, this is another movie with Jason killing teenagers. It, it, it was really weird. Nobody's like,
1: roasting over a fire in a sleeping bag in the original. Yeah. So it's not really, you know. It could be a continuation. It could be yeah. like a flash forward to, you know, 10 yeah. years from now. It's still well, happening. Like, yeah,
2: like if it were a remake, he wouldn't be in it. It would be as. Yeah. bring mm-hmm. his mom back. Yeah. So, yeah, it was weird. I once watched 10.
0: We watched all 10. Me and two of my friends watched all 10 Friday 13ths before the remake. So it was, it was like all the movies plus Freddy versus Jason in one calendar day. Holy shit. And it was this ordeal. And we had to, like, it was, like, we had to get up, and it was one of those things where we had to get up at, like, you know, 8 in the morning and start the movie, and we had to have, like, food figured out, and my friend's girlfriend at the time went out and, like, had a life and, like, went to a class that day and, like, (laughs) did things, and at first was, like, jokingly mad at us, but then, like, halfway through the day was, like, what are you doing with your lives? (laughs) And we had this, like, descent into madness, and by movie, like, 8 or 9, like, we didn't know where we were, and we're like laying on the floor. Not, no
1: longer forming full sentences. Yeah, <laughs> my
0: friend was like keeping a journal, and it just started this like apocalypse now like rant in <laughs> the end. And it wasn't, it wasn't, and it was like
2: movies of which most of them we didn't enjoy. Like, but we just had this. Some like, of them are terrible. Yeah. I mean, most of them are terrible, yeah. but like, there's a couple in particular. Like, part five is awful. <laughs> we and, and when you watch them back to back,
0: inexplicably between, I guess, three and, well, what is it, ten? Ten he's in space, and then, and then nine is Freddy versus Jason? I don't yeah. know, something like that. His his hockey mask keeps changing. Yeah. So if at the end, it's a blur, but if at the end of part four he's, like, tied to a chain underneath the, the lake,
2: mm-hmm. and he has,
0: like, a couple little triangles on his mask and a circle, in yeah. the next one he'll come back, and his mask has changed, and his his overalls are a different color. And it's like, so nobody cared. Like, there wasn't even, like, a sense of, like, Hey, it was blue in the last one. Should we get the blue overalls? Nah, it doesn't matter. These orange ones are here. Let's use them. So they're not movies meant to be watched. It's almost like old serials of the '30s, where like Batman falls off a cliff, and then the next one he jumps out of the car right before it falls off the cliff. Those movies are like that. You should not watch them back to back because there's just rampant continuity errors and flaws and everything. But 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 it is like it it, it has that '80s charm of like of like. Jason Freddie, Michael Myers mm-hmm. just ruled the box office for, mm-hmm. like, a decade where people came over and over again to these movies. And that went away for a while. Then it was kind of like Scream or, or you know, Saw films or something. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem to have that cultural impact of, like, an Alice Cooper song or, you know, toys or T-shirts, that kind of – or that kind of, like, fight the power, like a – a kid sneaking into it being like, screw you, Mom. I'm going to go see Friday the 13th. But, yeah, so so that is one of our special events coming up, one of our special one-nighter movies. And then we have
2: uh, Eraserhead. Yeah, on the 20th? or Yeah, the following Friday, I do believe. Well,
1: before that is Blade Runner for two nights. Oh, Blade Runner.
2: Yeah. yeah, Blade Runner on March, is it 16th? 16th and 19th, I believe. March 16th and 19th. That's right, the final cut. The final cut. Of, there's, there's, I
0: believe, roughly 127 versions of Blade Runner. Yeah.
2: And I, I have, I have all of them in a little box <laughs> set. Yeah. And they're all, like,
0: I guess, is this a different, so I saw it in, like, what was it, 20,
2: 20th anniversary, like, 19? Well, th- this cut is fairly recent.
0: Yeah. So I saw one that came out. God, in like 1990 or something like that? Yeah, that was
2: the, in 92, they 92. did the, di- the director's cut. And yeah. that's, that's when the movie started to get, you know, yeah, more appreciation. And that is different than this version we're showing. I think so. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of different versions. Then there's the, yeah. like because the, the, And then there's like, like anytime this happens, there's different camps where people are like, no, the original one is the only way to go. But then the director himself says, no, I don't like that version. Somebody else cut it. I like this one better. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting conundrum, this movie, in in that there's so many different... I think, without exaggeration, I believe it's like like four or five versions or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so that's a lot of Blade Runner watching. And and I think a lot of the, the, the changes are small, but then a lot of them are even like something different happens at the ending that totally changes
2: everything. But... Well, it's like the theatrical, the original theatrical version... Has a hap- has a happy ending and has uh, Harrison yeah. Ford doing kind of a private eye narration, which I, I like that that narration. They, get, they got rid of that for uh, right. the director's cut, which has a, a more bleaker ending. Yeah, and maybe it's just because I watched that first, uh, if I remember correctly, here at the Mayfair back in my high school days. Well, we showed the theatrical version not too long ago as part like secret yeah. secretly as part of Saturday Night Cinema. Yeah, and that was a that was a print, and that was the the very yeah the very first version.
0: I like that narration. I don't know why, but just because it, because I saw it that way first, my
2: brain thinks that's the right way it should be. I think there's a rumor. I don't know if it, if it's true that when Harrison Ford was doing the narration, it, it's because like producers were like, oh, this movie makes no sense. Let's get him to narrate it. And he narrates it, but he does it in a tone that's kind of sarcastic. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be doing uh, this. That's how he sounds all the time yeah. anyways. And didn't somebody cool write the narration? It was like Terry Jones or somebody like that. I don't know who wrote the narration or if it was part of the script. or Well, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been part of the script originally.
0: Yeah. And then now, of course, there's a new Blade Runner movie coming out.
2: Like yeah, the, from uh, the director of Prisoners. And
0: produced by Ridley, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Harrison's in it. We're, we're, in, we're in this run of, of old guys coming back to their franchises. Yeah. Uh, whether it be, like, there's another... Rocky Universe movie coming, Blade Runner, Star Wars, all these movies. Female with
2: Ghostbusters. Female Ghostbusters. But apparently there's going to be another Ghostbusters with, like, Channing Tatum or something. I, I think what they're doing <laughs> is is everybody wants not
0: just... Everybody
1: wants a piece.
0: Yeah, like and so not just sequels, but everybody wants this universe now. So Marvel has their universe. DC has their universe. Um, Star Wars is doing the, like, numerical sequels within plus one-shot movies. So I guess the powers that be at Ghostbusters are like, we're going to do Lady Ghostbusters, which I was really... <laughs> Lady Ghostbusters. <laughs> Lady Ghostbusters. Soaked. And We already
1: have them right here. There's yeah. two of them working here. But. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the only thing about the announcement of this guy Ghostbuster thing is I feel it's kind of like a backhanded slap to this... Feminist awesomeness that this this female Ghostbusters was 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 garnering from everybody from from whether it be like Bill Murray or David Letterman, everybody was like really excited about this, and now they're like, oh yeah, we're doing a boy one too, in case the girl one doesn't go well. Well, I just, there's
1: like, a bunch of dudes know. who have their panties in a knot. Yeah, yeah. They don't like the idea of women being in that position. Well, I I, I love, love what
0: Paul Feig, the director, who's a, who's a really talented writer and director, said where he he basically said why is it why is it so strange to have four female heroes
2: and not strange to have four male heroes? And that's what it comes down to. And I it, just I I have a hard time picturing them in those not that I'm against the idea, but yeah. I, I, I have a I picture them in those get ups. Yeah. Like they're gonna have to get new uh yeah new uniforms. Uniforms. Well I like they're I don't
1: think so. I'm pretty sure those overalls are comfy. Well I, you, that's what I would wear. Yeah.
0: I'm sure like in the in the comic books, which I admit I haven't read recently, there there's been some stuff with like some some kind of like expanded universe, which I think they might be.
1: I mean, I'd understand upgrading their equipment. I'm sure there's more scientific stuff out there for Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, Dan Aykroyd is good at coming up with that stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Dan, they should have Dan Aykroyd as like a creative consultant. Yeah. yeah. And I know he and the the thing with doing a Ghostbusters three
0: which I think now more, like 10 years ago, maybe, but now more than ever seems inappropriate, is Harold Ramis is gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And if Harold Ramis is gone and Bill Murray, he has every right to not want to do one anymore.
2: I think, I have a feeling he'll he'll do the female one. That's what I think. There'll be some cameo. That, that's what he does. He, yeah. he, he, he's like, I don't want to do a third Ghostbusters. And, yeah. And then he's just going to show up yeah. like, a la, like he showed up in... Uh, zombie land and Yeah. Support
1: the awesome lady Ghostbusters. Yeah. I could see him do that.
2: But yeah. but then, like maybe
0: I just I hope for a world where they're both awesome because if all these rumors are true, I don't know what's rumor what's fact is that the guys who directed Captain America Winter Soldier are directing it, and I'm like those guys, and then Chris Pratt's name is bandied about, and I have Chris Pratt up on a pedestal of awesomeness right now, so if you have. A Ghostbuster movie with Chris Pratt directed by the Russo brothers. I'm like, well, I think that might be cool too, you know. So but it's just weird. Everyone's getting greedy. Like, yeah. can we just make one movie? No, no, no. We have to do 17 in a franchise and not even sequels, just in a shared universe. But we have
1: to ensure this is a cash cow for the next twenty years. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So but yeah, I'm 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 all for it. I I like Ghostbusters. I wish yeah. it would have happened twenty years ago, and we could have just had a Ghostbusters three. That'd but be amazing. But it's the same thing with Indiana Jones. I I I think now Harrison Ford is a bit sad that he's like, yeah, maybe I should have done a couple more Indiana Joneses in the '90s. I think he's yeah. sadder
2: about other things right now. Yeah, <laughs> plane. He's fine. He's good. He landed it fine. He's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Like, he, he had the, the door to the Millennium Falcon land on his leg. Yeah. And then he crashed his, his World <laughs> War II plane. Oh, Harrison.
1: Bad times.
2: But then the Star Wars trailer
0: is going to come out, and everyone will be happy. Yeah. But we keep on getting distracted. Okay. We have we have another okay, 18 million have? movies. How about...
1: Paddington and Penguins of Madagascar.
0: So, yeah. So, March Break matinees. We have yeah, we're... Keep- yeah,
1: so... We're keep- March break, I guess, gets kicked off on Friday with Friday the 13th, but then there's a bunch of fun stuff all week.
0: Yeah, we have matinees to either abandon your kids at or bring the family to.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Paddington, I think you have more on a association. I have no connection with Paddington. I don't know if I missed, like, when he had a cartoon series on. Paddington
1: or is I, basically Winnie the Pooh.
0: And he, and, but, like, did you really? But
1: code? Yeah. And he eats marmalade instead of honey.
0: Like, did you have like the 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 nice storybook of like your parents reading it to you I in bed kind vague, of thing?
1: Vague, vague memories of a TV show.
0: Yeah, I, I remember them, but I don't. Yeah, I never read it them when like I was a my, kid.
1: In my learning English, yeah, phase.
0: I remember that I call the the whatever you call them the buttons on Paddington's coat, Paddington buttons, because they're they're kind of like yeah. long, if I remember they're correctly, long. like long like like kind of saber-toothed buttons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I associate that with Paddington buttons.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, because that's what's on his little jacket.
0: And this movie, I th- if I remember, I, th- I think it was humongous elsewhere, I think over in the UK. I think it did well he- oh, here as sense. well. And it's it's got the uh, produced by the Harry Potter producer tag on it.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I'm interested in it because I don't know how big his role is, but Peter Capaldi's in it, who is the current Doctor Who. And who had a long run playing a, a very foul-mouthed British, um, like a, a politician TV series. I think it was under various titles, but it was called like The Thick of It. Or And, and he just swears. He swears and angry. So all I picture is him doing that to Paddington. Just a lot of <laughs> swearing and yelling. Um, but uh, yeah, Paddington and Penguins of Madagascar, which I'm in this weird thing where... I don't really like the Madagascar films. I, I'm not a really big fan of, of the DreamWorks style of animation of of a lot of kind of potty humor and inside jokes, and then a dance number at the end. And it's it's like it's it's Madagascar. I feel like it's a Jim
1: Carrey movie for kids. Yeah, like, that's how I felt about Jim Carrey when I was growing up.
0: Yeah, and they're all and and I find like like Shrek. If you watch it when it came out, has like American Idol references mm-hmm. and like Matrix references, and I'm like. A kid in 25 years will be able to watch Toy Story. Mm -hmm. A kid in 25 years will watch Shrek and be like, what are all these references? Like, I don't think it's, it makes a lot of money currently, but I don't think it'll have those. It's
2: just easy targets for the writers. Yeah.
0: But the penguins in Madagascar, I love. And they're only in each movie for like 10 minutes. But they have this great, like, great escape kind of they're all lunatic insane and they all are like making plans and escape. And so I think a full movie of those, I'm all in for. It. And it's yeah. this weird example of, I like the spin-off but don't really care about the source material. And Benedict Cumberbatch is in it as the villain maybe, I don't know. No, the villain. But I like everything that Benedict Cumberbatch does. so.
1: The villain is John Malkovich. Oh,
0: see, that's cool too.
1: Um, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is... Think the lead agent for the this fancy uh, undercover organization.
2: Yeah,
1: so we that have... is leading the penguins.
2: Also, oh, ca- this is this is penguins we're talking about. Penguins. Not, pat- not padding. Not padding. Yeah. Okay.
1: I skipped over. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't follow these movies whatsoever. Yeah. I'm not six. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> See, uh,
0: I am not six, but <laughs> at any given time, I'm reading comic books or watching Saturday morning cartoons. But I, I like our little March break run because we have Paddington, which has kind of the the CG storybook mixed with live action kind of thing, which is all the trend lately. Yeah. Then a cartoon, and then Into, Into the, Woods, the Woods, which is like a big family Disney musical, uh, which which I guess is is an interesting kind of twist for Disney because it's based on a more kind of modern Broadway play, still with that fairy tale feel, but it's not like.
1: In cor- it sounds like it incorporates a bunch of different fairy tales yeah. and kind of ruins them in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's not that um, kind of traditional. Like it's not just like Pinocchio, like kind of that fairy tale of it's uh, yeah modern reconstruction of the fairy tale stuff.
1: Sounds a little bit more PG thirteen than PG, but still has a PG rating.
0: Yeah. Probably because in Canada, in Canada we're always more lenient. Yeah, we're always like if it's PG thirteen in the states or A in the states, whatever it's
2: PG here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would, if it's R in the states, it'll be PG yeah. here. Like, yeah, I think it, there I think there will be blood was PG here. Yeah, in Ontario at least. I think we have different like
0: there'll be stuff that's R in the states that's yeah either fourteen or PG here, and it's all because sometimes the states I see I seemingly is is black and white. They're like
2: if you have. Some swearing or violence yeah. in it, you're R. Swearing alone. I mean, boyhood is rated R yeah. in the States. It's PG here in Ontario. It's like, it did that, you know, I it's a perfect movie for kids. Why Maybe is it? You yeah.
1: tend to be more open-minded about, like, exposing your kids to certain things being good versus harmful. Like, mm-hmm.
0: And I think, too, say if it's a kind of a more historical film, like Selma, I believe, that has violence in it, but it's not Saw. Canada's ratings are more lenient because they're like, yeah, it's violent, but we'll put a warning think, on it. I
2: think there's more attention paid to context.
0: Yes, yeah. For whereas sure. it, whereas
2: in, in the States, it's like it's just, they don't care about context whatsoever. Yeah, it's like one of the It's just other. content and how long the content is.
0: Yeah. Well, I love stories of, of filmmakers and the frustration they have in, they'll say, yeah, and like big shot folks like Quentin or, or Martin Scorsese of like, oh, this is X. And they say, okay, well, what do you want us to change to be R? And the response is, oh, well, we're not censors. We're a rating board. Yeah. So we can't tell you what to change. So then they got to go that's back. It's
1: like the liquor board coming in and being like, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah. you're doing a bunch of stuff wrong, but good luck figuring out what it is.
0: How old do I have to be to drink? Well, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> you come back in a couple of years and just we'll tell you. bring us your ID every yeah. year. And because and it's like, and that's the frustration is like if you just said, okay, take out one gunshot. But then they got to go back and forth. So sometimes filmmakers there's these great stories of, like, they'll just put in super violence or a crazy sex scene, and they don't even really want that in there. And then they'll barter with that, and they'll say, well, tell you what, we'll take out this crazy sex scene. Is that okay? Can we? And they'll say, okay, fine. Yeah. And you'll notice that more and more now. They kind of, like, they'll play that. Or they'll put in, like, 27 F-words when they just need a couple. And, and they'll they'll barter like that because you can't – there's despite them being called censorship boards by by people, they're the ratings board. Mm-hmm. And they always say, like, oh, you could leave it alone, but then just it gets released as an X-rated movie, which is few and far in between nowadays because of if it's X, you can still release it, but then it means, like, I think the
2: rules are, it's like you can't be advertised on TV. Yeah, it's, it's NC-17 now. It's been NC-17 since, like, 1990. This mm-hmm. is in the States. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's... Um, it creates problems with marketing the film because they won't advertise in newspapers. and Yeah. So there's very few movies that have gone with that rating. It was like one of the Friday the 13th posters I saw online, I think had X on it. But I think... Oh, that was... I think that's a British poster because oh, that, that's okay. a British rating. Yeah. That I think is similar to like the R rating here in Ontario where it just means if yeah. you're under 17, we can't...
0: Because nowadays X is essentially associated with porn, Mm -hmm. whereas back in the day X could mean Midnight Cowboy or Clockwork Orange, or Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, so it could mean a legitimate film, but it just would that meant eighteen plus. Mm -hmm. But nowadays X is associated with pornography,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and and I don't know what was the last X movie that got played like.
2: Showgirls, like, 20 years ago? John Waters' <laughs> like. John Waters mo- last movie, A Dirty Shame, I think, got oh, NC-17. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, and they. I don't think he cut it down to an R. Yeah. And then they just... And then, But most films will
0: barter their yeah. way down to an yeah. R. And, but I remember there was some movie, too, where they said, like, they wouldn't tell them. So they had to be like, you know, cut this little frame off the sex scene or cut this little frame here and then go back and just kind of fingers crossed. And they go, yeah, that's okay. And, but it's always, like, different people. It's always just, like, a, a random... It's not like a bunch of people who went to university for, you know... No. Pop culture or literature or film <laughs> or or how things affect kids. It's just folks who get randomly put on this board and get to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's uneven sometimes. I always think of Army of Darkness. That got an R. And it's pretty campy. It's, yeah, it's like a Ray Harryhausen movie. But it's not R. Like, you look at other movies that are R and... and you put that side by side and you're like, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense at all. No. But yeah, so we have for for those type of films, we have Friday 13th we talk about, and Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. Maybe to yeah. get back on that for a second. Mm-hmm. Eraserhead was David Lynch's first feature film. He done mm-hmm. some shorts for that. And I remember seeing it at the Mayfair. I was way too young to see it. <laughs> but like and not that there's anything that might be associated with, like, violence now in, like, an Expendables film or something, that kind of thing, but it's just weird. Like, it's just, it's David Lynch to the nth degree, yeah. mm-hmm. and you look at some of David's more modern films past that, whether it be, like, Twin Peaks or the TV show or, mm-hmm. or uh, Wild at Heart, it's, it's, like, this, I think, is much more akin to, like, a, a, a very much an art house film, very mm-hmm. much a student film almost. And it's it's black and white. It's weird. It's hard to describe. Yeah, he he shot it
2: at the American Film Institute. Yeah. So it was like a student project, yeah. and he, and it took several years to make. Yeah. And even you look at like like I don't like how do you describe
0: how do you, how did you describe Eraserhead on our way, like to people who have never seen it before besides we're saying it's by David Lynch and it's weird. <laughs> it's, That's it. That's yeah.
1: It's weird. Well, you it's just one of it. those
2: movies where it's like you you just have to buy a ticket and yeah
1: yeah go for, for the sure. ride yeah. For sure.
2: But it is one of those, like,
0: cornerstone midnight mm-hmm. movies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it played for years, I think, at, like, this one... Th- it, one of those... All those midnight movies would play for years at this one theater. Yeah. And it was, like... Like, The Room plays here, you know? The yeah. The Room's been playing here for, like, what, four years now? Yeah, this is this is month... Well, yeah, we... This was so much work for a bunch of us be, because our programmer
0: <laughs> went away and because it's March break and because whatever. So, like... A couple days ago, like Monday night, I was just at home for like six hours mocking up posters and putting stuff on Twitter and everything Um, because it was, it was, so what's the roll call? It was Friday 13th, Eraserhead, the March break stuff, Blade Uh, Runner, Blade Runner,
1: Saturday morning cartoons.
0: Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons, then bringing back Selma, Citizen 4, Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Um, And so, like, all of this just kind of happened, which is good because now we have two weeks to kind of we'll have a bit lighter load in making up all these posters and putting them online mm-hmm. and now we just got to publicize them for the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it's, it's fun. I, I, I went on Twitter yesterday at like four o'clock when we all got the release from Lee saying here's what's coming in the next couple weeks and I just kind of teased like we have a lot of cool stuff coming, stay tuned. And it's fun to kind of hit it on Twitter and put the premiere poster up and put the premiere poster up and on Facebook as well just to kind of people start getting excited and talking about it and 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 saying how um, they've never seen a racer head on the big screen before, um, or people even on the complete opposite end of the scale saying people were asking if we were doing March break stuff. And so there's a nice diverse batch of programming coming up whether you're a kid looking for something to do on March break or someone coming to a midnight movie um, or the Oscar batch of movies that we've had the last little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, most excited for me, I think, is on March 27th, we got, um, I always get the title wrong. It's the new one from The Flight of the Concords guys. Oh, yeah, um, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. This looks really funny. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. It's another in a long line of, more and more, if you stay through the credits, is Kickstarter or Indiegogo mm-hmm. films, mm-hmm. even from like, slightly bigger-named folks are the way to go now. And some people might think like, oh, Jermaine Clement, you know, has played the Concords behind him and he was in Men in Black 3. Like, I'm sure he has money in the bank. And it's not that so much as, as, as he could front the money himself, but he's not, you know, Tom Cruise. He does not have $50 well, million dollars in the I bank. I saw
2: something on Twitter recently where somebody got, some critic got into an argument with someone over the fact that she thought all actors are, are rich. Right. And it's like, well, no, most of them are like struggling to and living most month by month. Not.
1: Most of them have to pay back debt once they actually start making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like he's barely just started doing that, really.
0: And you look at an actor's career and you're like, Oh, they did two projects and you're like, Yeah, but say they did two projects and they're living in LA or New York.
1: Two projects over the span of
0: of how long? X
1: number of years. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then and then uh
1: Plus rent in
0: LA. Yeah, all plus that plus
1: food in LA. Yeah.
0: So when 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 the Flay of the Concord guys do a movie like this by a Kickstarter, anyone who argues it I always come down to be like, Well, you don't have to give them five dollars. Like that's what it always comes down yeah. to. So their fans donate five, ten, a hundred dollars and then for that they get something cool, whether it's just like a thank you in the credits of the film, or a T-shirt, or a DVD, or whatever. It's
1: more than you get from the traditional distributor. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I just love it because, like, whether it's, like, um, a video game documentary or a horror film or, or, or this one from the, the Flight of the Concord guys, it's just a way to get your product out there and make it with the help of your fans. Yeah. Guarantee that it's going to get out there and... Not having to worry about pitching it to a studio or changing content because the studio wants you to change something, or you know any of that kind of stuff. Like now you can do the movie you want and you know, a government grant, like if you're a Canadian filmmaker instead of like applying for a government grant doing you know, all this, is just and it's not easy. It's just having, having worked here with, with raising our funds to get our digital projector mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. It is a full-time job in itself, but if you have a good fan base, people want to help. And I know I a few times have donated to um, a film production. And even even if I donate like five bucks or something like that, I know they appreciate that because you get, you know, a thousand people donating $5 and all of a sudden you've got $5,000 out of your 50000 goal
1: Mm -hmm. for nothing.
0: And that's without, you know, having to send somebody anything in return. But, yes, yeah, so I, I noticed that about this film, is it's a Kickstarter-type movie, and I mm-hmm. heard the guys on... I think The Nerdist recently talking about it and saying how, like, they're they're unrolling it the way you would traditionally in, like, the, the 70s do a grindhouse movie, where instead of 100 cities the same day, they're essentially touring it around.
2: Yeah, a roadshow.
0: Yeah, and getting publicity and doing appearances when they can and stuff like that. And... That's, the, that's how it goes now. Like, that's how it goes for these type of films. Mm-hmm. And, but already like it has incredible feedback, incredible reviews. And then for the, for the guys doing it, if it does well, then they can do it again. And maybe everybody will support whether they want to do another movie of the same thing or do something different. So I, I'm always interested by that, to see people doing the Kickstarter thing now. Because it, it's rolling by our screen more and more and more and more. Well, is not Babadook? Wasn't Babadook? I think Babadook Pixar? was two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it, it's, which is good because anybody complaining about there's all it's so funny. There's always the complaint of unoriginal film, which is valid. But I'm like, well, you know, come see Babadook. Come see Boyhood. Come see any of these films. There's a lot of original stuff out there. You mm-hmm. just kind of got to, you know, pay with your ticket buying skills.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some woman came up to me. She well, she came. Pretty early this to get This doesn't sound ticket. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, she came pretty early to buy a ticket for Babadook, and she was like, how come you guys are the only ones playing it? And I was like, well, like... I got that question a lot. Sh- short answer, we're cooler than every other <clears throat> theater. Yeah. Ever.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, like, long answer probably has to do with distribution. I was thinking about it, and, like, we did fairly well with it. Yeah. But would that movie have a successful run if they had to play it for multiple shows seven days a week at a multiplex it probably wouldn't so it's not financially worth it for a multiplex to plug a movie like that
0: well i'm still surprised and it's 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 heartening for us for for continuing to show cool movies but i'm always surprised at content that the multiplex passes on and i think maybe that's just because they have so much you know that they have to put the new fast and the furious in three screens and they have to put the new hunger games on three screens and and that kind of thing but like, the Roger Ebert documentary, they passed on that. Mm-hmm. And we had the premiere of that.
1: We did, yeah.
0: Or, like, a, a comedy that's starring Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. And we had the premiere of that. And so there is still, like... It's still a, a, a battleground out there to find space. And so that helps us because then we can say, oh, you played as a multiplex and you do too well? Like, oh, try us.
1: We can filter out the garbage that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and, and it's good because then we, we can... Mix in the the more mainstream stuff with the weirder stuff, and literally
1: and provide a movie for everybody, everybody on any given day. Well, yeah. well man,
0: it's one of the, it's it's uh, Saturday morning cartoon day.
1: Oh my goodness! Is
0: nuts because so we we We're we actually six
1: movies that day. Six movies yeah.
0: because we actually do Saturday morning cartoons on Saturday morning. So that's 10 a.m. ten a.m. ten a.m. and then we have it's like March break time. It's the tail end of March break, so we have a couple of kids' matinees on the tail end of that, and then our two regular, like, 7 and 9 p.m. features, and then a midnight movie, uh, which... I think is
1: The Room that night? The Room?
0: Yeah, The Room. Yeah, The Room's that night. So we have six movies. And somebody said, sarcastically, but, you know, with the old smiley face, like, oh, thanks for putting Saturday morning cartoons the same day as The Room. (laughs) Can I stay and sleep on the couch? And I said, if you buy tickets for the four movies in between, you can (laughs) sit on the couch for sure. You could... Do some crazy marathon, you know? There's, you can eat popcorn. I'm sure there's enough of a break in between. You could run across the street and buy some pierogies, so you have some actual sustenance, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's a rarity. Like usually we do three movies a day or four on a weekend. But that's the six movies is because it's it's, yeah. it's three hours of cartoons and the room
2: on the tail end. So that's a long day. That's a big day. Yeah, um, a lot of diverse content too. It's not just like you know an yeah. entire day of like. Selma and uh, yeah, well, you he, know, another movie, even Transformers,
1: e- tra- yeah,
0: <laughs> even even um, when I came to cry at Star Trek 2 last Sunday, it was man, we we, we watched Star Trek 2, which as predicted, I was weeping by the end, and then we stayed to watch Selma, so it was like, oh, this the last is
1: 15 a- minutes of Selma alone, oh made man, me weep, so
0: yeah, I still haven't seen it, it's good, it's an interesting. I, I, I have to read this up. I was chatting with oh, someone. Watch the whole thing. Yeah, like <laughs> I was chatting. They didn't get the rights to Martin Luther King's speeches, and I don't know. You need the rights it, to them? Yeah, and wow. I and I don't well, know if this is true. You but you
1: wouldn't need the rights if it wasn't for the fact that a studio paid for them and holds them.
0: I heard it's Spielberg's fault. I don't know if this is slanderous, but I heard Spielberg for years was going to do a Martin Luther King movie, either produce or direct and then Oprah came up and he was like we're doing it and they couldn't get the right. so everything you hear in the movie is either like original or paraphrasing i guess but there is not
2: not a quoted like speech so instead of Nothing saying it, instead of yeah. saying i had a dream i had a dream he's like last night i went to bed and had a vision
0: <laughs> yeah like everything is just but you don't <laughs> notice it like it didn't stand out it wasn't uncomfortable but i just find that bizarre that that Especially the all-powerful Oprah couldn't go to Spielberg All and be and be like, "Hey, Steve, I'm doing this movie."
1: Just, Come just on, it's not like yes. I'm be, in the face a couple times, like hello. Be executive you're a white
0: man. Yeah, be, be, <laughs> be executive producer. It's and weird. man, it's like man, like you, you walk into that movie, you're just like, white people are the worst people
1: yeah.
0: ever. And it's like, man, it's like, and um, like there's people in it who I love, like Steven Roots in it. From uh, news radio, mm-hmm. playing a horrible racist, and and he's a good actor because in it you're just like oh you horrible racist Stephen Root, <laughs> and you're used to seeing him as this like lovable guy on 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 news radio or whatever. <laughs> or Tim Roth plays the horrible governor. It was all and is I joke too. It was all British people. It was all British people playing these Americans. Yeah, uh, Tom Wilkinson plays uh, LBJ. Yeah, and then and then uh, Oyelowo o plays Martin Luther King. So all British folks across yeah. the board. When I first saw the picture, for some reason I thought I thought Tim Ross was playing somebody different. But he looked—he's just not super chameleon, but like I I think they put—I think he's a thin guy, but they put like Mm -hmm. kind of bigger suits on him, and he just—he just exudes evil in it. Like, looks like a vampire. And and you're like—and I know it's a—it's a film, and I'm sure they're paraphrasing and stuff, but. That's a real guy. Mm-hmm. And you watch it, and you're just like, oh, how did that guy exist?
1: People felt that way or worse about other people.
0: And still do. Yeah. But, but as little as a few decades ago, there was, like, a governor in the United States of America who was super racist. Who was allowed
1: to do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, yeah, you walk into that movie, and you're just like, not to make light of it, but you're just like, wow, white people are the that worst. <laughs> the worst people. But it's a good, and, and that song, as much as me being a giant Lego movie nerd... The song at the end with Common rapping, and Common's in the movie too, which is neat. Uh, oh, it's a good song. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you, people, people sit through the credits of that movie to to soak in that song. They
1: do, yeah.
0: And, and and I know sometimes it's some people. Sometimes people argue the how a song is valid as an Oscar nominee because say it's a song like from you know like a, a cartoon like Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin. Well, it's it's in there. It's part of the context of the movie, but this was just an end credit song. And some people say, like, oh, I don't know if end credit songs should count because they're just tagged on at the end.
1: Well, it's a tough argument. Sometimes it's not necessarily tagged on, and I think that's the case with with *Glory* and *Selma*. Is it? It caps off. It completes. It like rounds off the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and and it's and it's. And I haven't
1: even seen the whole movie yet, but that's how I feel about it.
0: But yeah, oh, it's a very good song. And I like Common. And I like the he was in it. And I like that. Common's one of those guys that the horrible Republicans a couple of years ago were like, I can't believe Obama invited a rapper like Common to the White House. And you couldn't get a further bad example of a good person than Common. You know, <laughs> like 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 it's not like he, they invited like you know I, it's a bad example because I love them, but like the Wu Tang Clan were, weren't running around the White House causing trouble. It was Common, who's such like an, an intelligent like. Cool. Marky
1: Mark is arguably worse than communism. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? like. yeah.
0: But, 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 yeah, he's good in the movie too. But it's, it's, it's interesting that you see the movie and and you think, oh, this is from the 1800s. And you're like, no, it was. And I kept on thinking of of Colbert because Colbert was talking about it. Colbert's mom was part of that um, walk, part of oh, that protest cool. with Colbert in her belly. So he always jokes that I was there. I was at. <laughs> I was at oh the my God. I was at the March I was I participated because his, his mom was one of the people who because Colbert is from a religious family so I think when in the movie you see it he, he says he says you know clergymen people come and join us and that's when a whole bunch of white folks showed up mm-hmm. uh, Jewish folks Christian folks showed up uh, really good on them to participate and I think his mom was part of that religious white folks showing up to to fight the power along with them so that's awesome. But yeah, so that, that we, we're holding that over for another week. So when you listen to this, you, you should have another chance to, to if you're listening to this right away, to watch that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those movies like like a lot of movies this year like like Selma, like Still Alice, uh, even like Wild. Not the easiest of watches sometimes, but but well worth taking in. Movies like
1: that are totally worth it. I find yeah, it's strange, but I seem to find most comfort out of movies that are like. Oddly yeah. emotional like that. Yeah. But um, um,
0: What's that music? I don't know what that music is. Can you hear that? I can hear that music. No. Is that coming from your laptop? Yeah, what is it? We think we have ghosts. <laughs> it's the ghost. <laughs> At it's first me- I thought it was a ghost. The
1: ghost is communicating.
0: The, the We're going to have to rewind this and see if the Mayfair ghost is trying to communicate via our podcast.
1: Play backwards. What else are we playing? Pride and Escobar?
0: Pride and Escobar are coming up. Uh, Pride is like a big, critically
2: acclaimed, fun British film with all kinds of cool British people in it. <laughs> cool British, cool people. British people.
1: Escobar Paradise Lost
2: with Benicio del Toro as Pablo Escobar, and the kid from That's uh, be real versus the kid from The Hunger Games. I was just gonna
0: say that with the kid from The Hunger Games <laughs> versus Benicio del Toro. Um, so another
2: another historical political film, uh, and uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Exodus, with, uh, yeah. um, Christian Bale and. Uh, I forget the other guy's name. There's a bunch. It's uh, Christian Bale, Aaron Paul, Ben Kingsley,
0: um, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you can come see Blade Runner, and then come see Ridley Scott's latest film, uh, big epic, old school. It looks reminiscent of the old like Cleopatra and that kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think made about as much money as Cleopatra did that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it fared very well. But I'm very interested to see it just for the epic nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see Christian Bale riding horses and fighting people, yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, so a ton of movies over the next couple weeks. Take a look on our schedule. Come join us for March break, or come join us for some midnight movies. Mm-hmm.
1: Just come hang out with us all week. Come hang yeah. out
2: with us all week long. Ditch work and ditch, well, you won't be in school, but... Yeah. Ditch homework. Ditch homework. Yeah, you <laughs> don't, don't got to do homework. Somebody was no saying that. No
1: reading and reading, reading week.
0: They said they couldn't come see Blade Runner because they were studying or something like that. I'm like, you could... Poor p- excuse. Peer pressure. I'm just like, you could take a break for a couple hours. You'll be fine. You got to take a break every once in a while. Okay, I think we're yeah. about at our mark. I think we have to go and get ready to play Selma. Selma. Afternoon screening. Afternoon screening with Selma. And then uh, tomorrow I'll be here past my bedtime to watch
2: Friday the 13th. Yay. Yay. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, you can find us on Twitter... Yes. At Mayfair Theatre and uh, Facebook, uh, MayfairTheater.ca, And uh, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And Carrier Pigeon. You got a Carrier Pigeon? Carrier Pigeon, We'll yes. send you notes.
0: <laughs> Everything. All righty. Okay, let's go back outside and get splashed by Yay. buses.
2: <laughs> it's spring is here. Spring is here. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.
1: Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.